This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. They have everything from Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans. They've got everything you want. I have the Saucy, which is a terrific saucepan. It has curved sides. It has a pouring spout. It has a lid. And it looks so elegant. It's really a pleasure just to look at it on the counter, even before we're using it. Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we explore solutions and ideas for how to make life happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why we shouldn't try to mind read. And if you are joining us for hashtag walk 20 and 20, gold star to you. And today we're talking to health psychologist Kelly McGonigal about her new book, The Joy of Movement. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft, who's doing well with her Walk 20 and 20, I know. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Scratch, I'm trying to chronicle my walks <laughs> on social media. Yes, so. yeah, we can all do it. Let's... Good walking pictures. Yes, join in. Now, before we launch in, a few announcements. First of all, we are going to do a very special episode for episode 260 on relationship advice in honor of Valentine's Day, which is coming up. So if you have any great advice for a relationship, not just a romantic relationship, but any relationship, please send it our way. It, it, did somebody tell you something that stayed with you or gave you just the right words or something that you've observed in your own life or maybe something not to do or you know, a common mistake yes. to avoid? We want to put together just a, a whole bunch of great relationship advice for episode 260. So send it our way. Yes. The best relationship advice I got, Gretchen, was in college when my friend's um, stepfather told me that uh, marriage is about what you don't say. Okay. <laughs> and that stayed with me. Yes. Great. Great advice. Okay, yes, let that prime the pump for everyone. And we also want to remind everybody to send your questions and comments for Wild Game, our next book club selection. We'll be talking to Adrian Brodeur in episode 259, which airs February 5th. So get us those questions. Yes, it's such a good book. Now, our this week our Try This at Home is Don't 
try to mind read. And what does that mean, Gretchen? Well, I came across this idea in a really interesting book that I recently read called Conversation Transformation, Recognize and Overcome the Six Most Destructive Communications Patterns by Ben Benjamin, Amy Yeager, and Anita Simon. And they talk about mind reading. Now, in some cases, they point out mind reading is appropriate and, of course, natural and important because we have to try to understand what's in someone else's mind. Like, we're we're constantly trying to guess what other people are thinking and, and to accommodate to that. But then there's negative mind reading, which is when you're putting thoughts into people's heads with no knowledge of whether that's there mm. or not. Yeah. So how do you know if you're mind reading? Okay, so they have a, they have some warning signs to look for. Do you spend more time talking to this person in your head than in real life? I think we've all had that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. You talk about this person more often to other people than you talk to them directly. It's not what this person says, but what you think they're not saying that affects you most deeply. So this isn't like what you were talking about where you kind of, you don't, you bite your tongue and don't say something. This right. is like when you're thinking, oh, you're thinking this, you're, you're not saying that, you know, it's in your imagination. Yes. You wonder a lot about what that person thinks about you. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is interesting. Things they say bother you, even if you wouldn't be bothered if someone else said exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. I've definitely had that experience. Mm-hmm. This person thinks and reacts exactly the way someone else you know used to do. Okay, so you're, ah, you're, you're, so they're like a trigger person. Yes, that you, somehow you're, you're treating them as if they're somebody else. And you think you often know what they're going through better than they do. And mm. so, so what, what the authors point out is that often we think someone is thinking something and we have no basis for that at all. And one of the problems is that if we assume that we know what someone's thinking, we might never ask. If we, we, we just right. assume that we know someone's angry, we don't say, are you angry? And then they don't say, oh, no, I'm just like really hungry or I'm distracted or I'm angry about something completely separate from you because we think we know. Of course, Gretchen, a lot of times uh, mind reading shows us something about ourselves, (laughs) right? I mean, and that's probably a lot of what they're getting at is that we're really revealing what's worrying us, maybe what we feel guilty about, what we, you know, we're projecting. Right, right. No, we think, think, oh, I'm reacting to what you're saying, what you're doing, what you're thinking. But in fact, I'm generating that in myself. It's coming from me, even though I think that, oh, I'm pulling this out of your head. Yeah. To me, it seems like there's probably a lot of this in what I would call a typically challenging relationship. A lot of people have problems with their in-laws, whether yes. it's a mother-in-law with a problem with their daughter-in-law or daughter-in-law, mother-in-law or, or you know, father-in-law and sons or whatever. That's a place where you could get into the mind reading. Like, your mother thinks I'm not a good cook. You know, your mother thinks I raised the kids wrong. And you're like projecting all of this and mind reading when really the mother-in-law just doesn't want to comment on your cooking because she thinks you'll take it the wrong way. Right. Right. Well, I remember speaking of mothers-in-law, you and I both have great in-laws. We're super yes, lucky. But I remember that there was this one thing. We moved We moved like 10 blocks, which in New York is like, you know, a giant ecosystem. And so we moved. Now we live right around the corner from my in-laws, like right around the corner. And so when we moved to this neighborhood, my mother-in-law gave me this list of places to go in the neighborhood. And I remember like the first one was her favorite butchers, right? And looking mm. at this, I was just like, 
Is she thinking like, I don't cook enough? Is she thinking that like, I don't care? Like, I don't care. Or like, I don't cook. You know, I had all these thoughts about what she meant. And then looking back at it now, I'm sure this is just a list she would have handed out to like literally anyone who had moved into the neighborhood. Just like, these are some good places in the neighborhood. Everybody yeah. has those places in their neighborhood. And yet I read so much into it. And that was completely yeah. coming from me. It had nothing to do with yeah. what was in her head. It was all me mind reading what the meaning of the list was completely out of my own imagination. And Gretchen, I think I do this with Adam mm. when I oh, feel yeah. guilty about something. So like if I've been out too much, I'll feel like, oh, he's judging me for going to Mahjong. Uh. You know, if I had to work late another night that week or something, when really he's not. Right. It's just I feel guilty. So I'm like mind reading that he is thinking that I'm, you know, right. out right. Too, right. Too, too late or whatever. Right. And so it's interesting because, I don't know, it always comes down to feeling like you're being judged. Yes. When often you're not being judged, because as we know, everyone's more worried about themselves yeah. than they are about you. Well, it's funny, it's like thinking about this, Elizabeth, I wonder if this, I feel like of all the relationships in my life, my relationship with you is the most frictionless. And in a way, I wonder if that's because I don't mind read with you. Like, I would just be like, am I annoying you? And I know you mm -hmm. would say to me, like, you know, you're kind of being annoying or whatever. Right. Or like, you yeah. know, I, I feel like, like, it really remember <laughs> One of my favorite moments in our lives together was when I helped you move out of your apartment one time in Los Angeles. I just was cracking. The, I mean, I just yes. was forcing you to go, go, go. And once I start, I couldn't stop. And we were just going and going and going. And at the very end, you're like, I'm, I am so tired. I cannot even drive you to the airport. Could you call a cab? And I was like, <laughs> okay. And you're limp on the couch. And, you, and I looked down at you and I said, you're glad to see me go. And you looked up and you said very sweetly, but I'll be so glad you came. <laughs> I was like, you're not even denying it. I'm not even trying to say <laughs> It's like, you cannot wait me. for me to walk out that door. Yeah. But it's like, I didn't have to mind read. Like, is Elizabeth annoyed with right. me? Is she tired of me? Am I, yeah. being, am, I being, am I being a happiness bully? It's like, oh yeah, you are. And that's okay mm -hmm. because we don't have to yes. mind read. And so then it just feels like there's no, it can just be discussed. And it's not that big a deal. But it's hard. I think it's rare often to have that. That feeling. Yes. Now, Gretch, do you mind read with Jamie the way I mind read with Adam? Well, yes, I'm sure that I do. But we also have this thing that now I'm, I always thought this was a good thing, but now I'm wondering if it's actually not a good thing. So we have a thing where something will happen and one of us will say to the other, I'm not going to say it, but you know what I'm thinking. And the other person will mm. be like, I know what you're thinking. And it's like, to me, this always felt healthy because it's like, we both know what we would say and it would be like an annoying conversation or like somebody would be defensive or whatever. And we're just not going to say it, but somebody just needs to say, you know what I'm thinking. And the other person has to say, yes, I know what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that was good. It was sort of like in the, in the class of don't let the sun go down on your anger. But now I'm thinking, well, maybe I say to Jamie, you know what I'm thinking, but maybe he doesn't know what I'm thinking. Or I, I, I think <laughs> I know what he's thinking, but he's actually thinking something very different. I think I know what he's thinking. I, I, but maybe I don't. I don't. Maybe this isn't a help. Maybe this isn't a good habit. Although, does it matter if you if it helps you move on? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's okay. Maybe in this instance, it's good to say, "I know what you're thinking." The other person is like, "Yes, you do," and you're each thinking, like you know, our own um, thoughts. That the other one is completely wrong, but in 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 sharing this mutual yes. misunderstanding, you're right. actually um, being productive. Right. It's 
somehow it's like a good coping mechanism, even if even if inaccurate, it's helpful. One of these things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, well, I will have to ponder that. So let us know if you do tread this at home and how trying not to mind read works for you. And what are the situations in which you find yourself mind reading? Gretch, I bet bosses <gasps> are a big one or coworkers. Coworkers. Yes. Because yes. it's not always appropriate to express everything with yes. a coworker, especially a boss. So yeah. that really lends itself to the conversations in your head. Yes. Yeah. Um, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is episode 257. So it's happiercast.com slash 257 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we have a reading and resolutions happiness hack. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Elizabeth, this week's happiness hack combines two things that I love, reading and habit formation. <laughs> yes, it comes from Belinda, she says. This is a hack I use for new or resuming resolutions or habits. It combines my love of reading with supporting my new habit formation. When I want to do something new, like running or knitting, I find that reading a book where the main character does the activity I'm interested in is really motivating for me, mostly because the description in the book makes it seem like something I'd want to do. Hmm. For example, a few of the crime series I read feature a heroine who uses a daily run to keep themselves in shape, 
in case an escape from a villain is required, (laughs) and to clear their heads. When I wanted to learn to knit, I would alternate my efforts with reading a series where the main character learns to knit and gradually gains increasing ability while solving murders. (laughs) What a fun idea. I think this is a great idea. And, you know, it reminds me that one of the strategies of habit formation is other people and that we do pick up habits from other people. And this is a great example where even being in the presence of someone in your imagination, like a fictional character, seeing them do it and how they incorporate it into their routine might just make it seem easier and more natural and kind of more appealing to you too. I think here the only challenge would be finding the book that you love with the person who's got the good habit. But I bet if you start looking around, it's probably not that hard to find. Yeah, that is so fun. Speaking of heroines running from villains, it's a kind of a thing in Hollywood that almost every pilot that stars a woman begins with her jogging. Yes! Why is that? It's crazy. Why is that? I I don't... It shows that they're strong and they're, you know, and you kind of hear their thoughts. And Mm. anyway, so... There you go. I just thought that was funny that she mentioned that. (laughs) Excellent. So that's a wonderful hack. And uh, so thank you so much, Belinda. Thanks, Belinda. And now for an interview. We are so excited to be talking to Kelly McGonigal today. She's a health psychologist and Stanford University lecturer. And I first got to know her work because she wrote an excellent book called The Willpower Instinct, How Self-Control Works, Why It Matters, and What You Can Do to Get More of It. And I found it to be a very helpful resource when I was writing Better Than Before, which is my book about habit change. So that's terrific. And on the podcast, Gretch, we've also mentioned another of her books, The Upside of Stress, Why Stress is Good for You and How to Get Good at It in our very special episode 240, which was all about dealing with anxiety, worry, and stress. Her new book is The Joy of Movement, How Exercise Helps Us Find Happiness, Hope, Connection, and Courage, which of course we thought was a perfect book to discuss in January of 2020 when we are all doing our Walk 20 in 20 Challenge. Hello, Kelly. It's so great to have you here. I am so happy to be here. Now, Kelly, this is your book is coming out at the perfect time for our listeners because we are doing this challenge, the hashtag walk 20 and 20, which is trying to encourage everyone to walk for at least 20 minutes a day because, you know, all the research shows that if you, you get such a big benefit if you go from no exercise to a little bit of exercise. And what's great about your book is it's the joy of movement. And I think A lot of people feel like this is something you're supposed to do that doesn't feel like it's maybe so much fun. It's really kind of, you know, an assignment or homework that you have to do. How can we reconnect with the joy of why this is great and fun? So the joy of movement is really two things. One, I do believe that it is possible to experience pleasure and joy and meaning and connection while you are moving your body. Mm -hmm. So part of it is enjoying the, the direct experience. But another part is about how being active increases all of the other joys in your life. It improves Mm. your relationships. Mm -hmm. It helps you focus. It improves your mental health. It can help people recover from things like depression and grief. So the joy is both enjoying it, but also trusting that this is something if you do it every day is going to amplify all the other joys that 
that you want in your life. Right. Kelly, you distinguish between fitness and movement. How should we think about these two ideas? Yeah, sometimes people think that the whole purpose of exercise is to get to some particular body state. Uh, I need to be a certain weight or size or, you know, I need to get my heart rate in a particular zone, those things that we think of as fitness. And what I'm talking about is moving your body mm. and the joys of movement, whether you want the feel-good effect that, that you feel immediately after you exercise or you want to get that the, the finding that we know that people who exercise on any given day have better social interactions with other people. If you want that joy, mm. even the finding that um, the number of steps people take per day increases meaning in life. Like these things are not dependent. Wait, what? Wait, okay, explain I know, that There was bit. an accelerometer <laughs> study, which I just love. Um, actually, a couple of studies, because, you know, I know we may have some people who really want to dig into the research. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you track people's activity, the number of steps they take per day is correlated with meaning in life. If you take people who are active and you require them to become more sedentary and take fewer steps, they actually report a decrease in meaning in life. And the reverse is also true. If you get people to increase their physical activity on days when they are more active than their usual, they report more meaning in life. So every possible kind of data that you would want. You know what I'm wondering? This is just total anecdata. But I wonder if this is why people feel good on vacation. Because a lot of times people really get a lot more exercise. Mm. Like just walking around because you're sightseeing. Elizabeth, I remember when our parents went, they, they went to, and they were telling us how many steps they got in a day because they were just sightseeing. They were just out and about. I wonder if that's part of the reason that we feel like mm, we're having, yeah. like that life feels richer and more yeah. fun. It's I'm just sh- the sure, exercise. it's part of it. I mean, yeah. we know that that being physically active reliably increases your optimism, mm. your hope, and your sense of energy. And mm. people can feel that. Like I said, this is not tied to being a certain weight, to having a particular you know physical ability. This is about being in your body and feeling alive and connected to life. Well, one of the things you talk about is an idea that I find very powerful. And you, you wrote, humans crave concrete goals and thrive when pursuing specific aims. So why is that? And like, and how can you, I mean, it seems like 20 and 20 is, it's, that's pretty darn specific. So yeah. yeah, it is so interesting. So, you know, I don't know why humans are so tuned into this idea of making progress and that, mm. but, but we know that if you study hope, the way that people experience hope is they need a meaningful goal. They need to believe that there are steps they can take to reach that goal. Mm. And they need to believe they have the inner and outer resources to reach that goal. And when people can find a goal that that uh, they can meet those criteria for, they experience a dramatic increase in hope, not just for that goal, but for every challenge they face in their lives. So this is why if people set a physical goal, whether it's walking for 20 minutes a day or maybe you know finishing your first 5K or half marathon or learning how to do a headstand, yeah. like whatever that physical <laughs> goal is, um, and they're pursuing that, they don't just report feeling more hopeful about their physical fitness. They report feeling more hopeful about dealing with caregiving stress or challenges at work. And so it's one of the, the it's the amplification effect. You you set a physical goal and you suddenly feel more capable of, of doing anything like you can take on the world. Right. Does it matter when you move? Like I know if I wake up and go on a hike, for instance, then I feel like I'm going to have a good day no matter yes. what. There is. I've, at least I've accomplished that. There's actually a, a first uh, like a morning effect or a first part of the day effect. And research shows that when you exercise, basically after you've exercised for a number of hours, it changes the way that you experience stress and it improves your interactions with other people. So there's something about the neurochemistry of exercise. Whenever you get your heart rate up, you're breathing a little bit more, um, it releases all sorts of brain chemicals from dopamine and endorphins and endocannabinoids 
that basically change the way you experience life. So if you exercise first thing in the morning, you tend to show up to your next encounter or whatever that role is as parenting or work, a different version of yourself, one that's going to be less flustered when you know something goes wrong, one that's going to better be able to enjoy connecting with other people. So I'm not a morning person, but mm. I will get up and exercise first thing. Mm. I always have my cold brew ready to go because it's like mm. I'm dragging myself into the exercise but um, I, I don't want to wait to become that version of myself, even though I, it would be easier for me to exercise late at night. Okay, well, I want to push back on this. Okay. Because first of all, you are an upholder. You took the quiz. You're an upholder. Yes. So something like, I'm not a morning person, but I'm going to get myself up and go for exercise. If you're going to try to do that, you better be an upholder, which you are. But I just worry that I think a lot of people who struggle to exercise, I think they would actually, okay, maybe it's better on paper and you would get marginally more benefit by doing it in the morning. But if it's just easier for you to regularly yeah. exercise at 4 p.m. Absolutely. Right? But here's, let me suggest, this doesn't have to be an all or nothing. Okay. So, okay, I actually do a short workout in the morning and I often feel like I'm dragging myself through it a little bit but I know that I'm a braver, better version of myself afterward. When I want the massive endorphin rush, I'm teaching classes at night or I'm exercising at night. So, you know, I would often encourage people to, who aren't morning people to think, can I put on like one song? Can I do ah, one sun salutation? Yeah. Because there's... there Just to get the to, blood to, moving. Yes, because again, the, the dose that is required to get the effect that I'm describing is really small. I mean, mm. I found studies that were looking at three minutes of exercise. Oh. So um, when I say exercise first thing... It, it doesn't have to be a whole big deal, but you can think of it as a, a reset for the day or, or a setup for the day. But absolutely, you know, I am all about finding what works for you. Yeah. One should never hear that something is good for you and because it doesn't fit your life, you decide to scrap the whole project. Well, I think that it's really important that you're making this distinction between like kind of getting getting your body awake and alive and then like taking an exercise class. Because I think a lot of people are like, if I don't get up and go for a three-mile run first thing in the morning, then I just, I've just i missed the slot instead of thinking, well, maybe I could do that at four and that would work better oh, for absolutely. me. Oh, absolutely. Right, okay. Yeah. okay. And plus, it's again, because it's a reset for your mood and your ability to connect with others, also thinking about transitions during the day can be very interesting. So mm. maybe um, finding a way to move your body between work and returning to mm -hmm. home could be a really mm. great time. Or if you're someone who struggles with you know, insomnia and your mind becomes not your best friend late at night, <laughs> sometimes mm -hmm. moving later at night actually helps you sleep better because of the way that it, it helps calm some of the that default chatter of the brain. Uh -huh. So it's, it's all about experiments and okay. figuring out what works for you. Okay. So Kelly, I mentioned that you, you had told me that you're an upholder. And I think to anybody listening or reading your book, you do definitely seem like an upholder. But interestingly, you are married to a rebel. Yes. Yeah. A strong rebel. Uh-huh. When we first met, you know, first of all, he didn't want pets and had very strong beliefs about that and also didn't exercise yeah. and had very oh. strong beliefs about that. <laughs> now he is as devoted to our pets as I am, and he is a regular exerciser. I, I almost can't believe it. He just ran his first ultra marathon. Oh, my God. And he didn't start so exercising until <laughs> 2016. But the thing was, so no I had to stop encouraging him. Yes. The, the thing that finally worked is um, I'm a huge fan. I don't work with them, but I'm a huge fan of this brand called Les Mills. They have an on-demand, I love on-demand exercise programs. And they have these amazing programs that you can get a membership to. And so I started doing Les Mills at home. It's like a very sort of like strong, empowering workout. And I got these body pump weights and I was doing kickboxing at home. 
And he sort of started coming into it that way mm-hmm. and on his own. Yes. And then 2016, he decided his resolution was to run a half marathon. And that it just now that it's all him. And in fact, the fact that I'm like, why are you spending so much time running is making him even more committed yes, to yes. it. So it's like, <laughs> it's, yes. I think we've we reached the right point of conflict <laughs> that actually he's probably going to be an exerciser for life now. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, wow. I love hearing that. And I will note that you guys met when you were 21. So yes. a lot of times when upholders and rebels, it's because they knew that's each so other from when they were very young. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Oh. Kelly, do you have a try this at home tip for our listeners? Something I, they can, an action item for them? Yes. So when I was writing the book, one of the things I focused on is the role of music, <gasps> both yes. in helping us um, experience movement as more pleasurable and meaningful, and also literally facilitating our, our movement. It makes it easier to move right. and it can change our mood. So I spoke with a sports psychologist who helps Olympic athletes and professional athletes choose music for training, and uh, walk-on songs. So my try it at home is to come up with a walk-on song for either your word for the year, if you have your one word or your mantra. What's your word? Um, Do you have a word? I have not finalized it yet. My word last year was so successful. It was dance (gasps) and so many different layers of meaning, what it means to dance with life. So I'm I'm sort of easing into, I have some thoughts about it. But the walk-on song I've been working on, Lately is called One Step. I really encourage people to, to ah, listen to it. Do you know it by Walk no, the Moon? No. Uh, the words are literally, you know, one step, or sorry, one foot, one foot in front of the other. And it's all about facing challenges one step at a time. But ah. it's, it's also like a dance song. So oh, it's very motivating. Excellent. So the Walk On song is it's a song that to you captures the best part of who you are and who you aspire to be and what you want to bring to the world. And you can listen to it. You can set it as your alarm song. You can listen to it before you go for your 20 minute walk. Yeah. You can listen to it while you're walking or moving. And then it starts to build a, you know, it's like a, um, it becomes almost like a placebo when you listen to yes. it. It fills you back up with that feeling. And then you can listen to it when you're feeling anxious or when you want to feel, you know, more confident. Right. So. What a great idea. That is awesome. Oh, thank you, Kelly, for coming by. Oh, thanks for having me. Excellent. Thanks, Kelly. Coming up, I give my son Jack a gold star for the first this break. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has Greenlight. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one-time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. 
Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Okay, this is my demerit. So, you know, I'm working on this book that I, you know, I haven't really crystallized it into a crisp description, but it's about the body and about the senses and about experience. And I'm reading all about the senses and like, it's so much fun. And here's where the demerit comes in. Every once in a while, I'll read about something and I'll be like, I need to like get something so I can experiment with this myself. So like Miracle Berry, which is this, this berry that if you, and you can buy it kind of in tablet form, it makes things incredibly sweet. So you eat cream cheese and it tastes like buttercream frosting. Or I read about this funny science experiment where you use a rubber hand instead of your own hand and you do a series of exercises that tricks your mm. brain into thinking the rubber hand is actually your hand and you can like make it float and you can like do all this stuff to it. So... So the demerit is that I've been like, I'm going to order some Miracle Berries, and I'm going to buy a rubber hand, and I'm going to buy little cups because I'm going to have a flavor party for all my friends, just like when I went to Flavor University at Fona, and I'm going to have them all taste different kinds of candy, and it's going to be amazing. So I bought the little cups, and I bought the rubber hand, and I bought the Miracle Berry, et cetera, et cetera, and like, but I haven't used any of it yet. And if there's ah. anything that I've learned in life, it's like, don't let yourself have the fun of acquiring stuff thinking that you're going to use it, but then don't use it. So don't buy the fancy stationery. Don't buy the exercise equipment mm -hmm. until you're ready to use it. Because otherwise, it start, you, you may never use it, or like I could start feeling oppressed by all these things that I have to do, and it'll take the joy out of it. I, I know this. This is one of my principles. And yet I, I look at this kind of stack of stuff I have. I'm like, oh, man, yeah, I need to start actually putting this stuff to use, writing notes about it, talking about what whether or not it worked, like, did I, did I experience Miracle Berry as a miracle? I don't know. I mean, I got to do all this stuff. Yes. It's, oh, it's always so hard to, like, take the next step to, yes. like, invite the people over. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. It's fun to buy the napkins, but then you got to have yes. the party. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a, yeah exactly. Yes, I am. I am in that state. So I'm hoping that by calling myself out on this, I will go home tonight and Eliza and Eleanor and I will do the rubber hand they're very excited. They're like, why do we have this rubber hand? It keeps freaking yeah. everybody out. <laughs> They're very eager to cooperate. So, Oh, my God. We'll send pictures okay. of the rubber hand. And me and the rubber hand. It's a rubber hand that you used to practice um, doing nail stuff, too. Was, they were like, what's it for? It's like, yes, cosmetology. Anyway, what is your gold star? Okay, I am giving a gold star to Jack, my 10-year-old, because he is just on his own sort of naturally gravitating toward uh, healthier food and expanding his diet. Oh. So he is sort of taking it on himself to... Um, veer off the kids menu the ah. other night we were at dinner and he said i want to get salmon we're like salmon he's never had salmon before huh. i happen to hate salmon so it's not something that we've got around a lot 
we're like, okay. And he tried it and he loved it. So he's been ordering salmon. He's been asking to eat cauliflower before bed for his like nighttime snack. Why do you think this is? I have no idea. I don't know if it's friends, like he's seeing his friends eating other food or if it's a developmental thing. I don't know, but I'm... I'm I'm so glad that he's just naturally doing this because obviously, you know, we want him to eat something besides chicken tenders, yeah. you know, in his lifetime. Oh, that's such a good gold star. Yeah, so gold star to Jack for eating healthy. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Don't try to mind read. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thanks to our terrific guest, Kelly McGonigal. Her new book is called The Joy of Movement. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like this show, as always, please be sure to tell a friend. That's how most people discover our podcast and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. The resources for this week, are you doing the Walk 20 in 20? Remember, you can jump in anytime. You're never behind. Start where you are. If you would like to have a PDF where you can check off every day that you do walk for 20 minutes and then you can watch your progress through the year, go to GretchenRubin.com slash resources and you can download it for free. And, you know, we've been talking about our Happier Podcast book club. Our next pick is Wild Game. If you want to connect with other people to talk about our book, you can follow me on Goodreads and join the group there for the Happier Book Club. Or there's also an opportunity for you to share your thoughts in my free app, which is called Better, under the topic books we're reading. I'll put direct links to everything for this in the show notes at happiercast.com slash 257. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us on Onward and upwards. Oh, I meant I wanted to give Liz. Is Liz is Liz still on the line? Hey, Liz, are you still here? Yeah. I wanted to give you a thought for your word and movement. Because I was Thank thinking, you. I mean, you know, I was listening to the last podcast, and I know that when it comes to movement, so often people choose exercise specifically like what's going to burn the most calories or, you know, what's going to be the most efficient workout. And I was thinking about the the part of your word that was about wanting to experience the world in a lighter way and having that. Yes. And there, there are forms of movement that might have that feeling to it. So I was going to encourage you if we had talked about it to think of, to find that form of movement that makes you feel like that version of yourself rather than only look for a workout that's going to like burn a lot of calories yeah. to get. And um, I always recommend people find that form of movement that, that gives them access to the quality that they're trying mm. to develop. So maybe it's a, slower, it's a slower process or it's something playful and creative that pushes yeah. you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I don't know what like it is. It's like high-intensity weight training. That's yeah. a very heavy, it it's is. literally heavy. Yeah, and you, so you sense your own strength. But if you want to sense your lightness, like what would that be like? So. Just put maybe oh, aerial yoga. I, I don't know. <laughs> yes. No, that was the first thing I thought of when yeah. you said that. From the Onward Project. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. 
What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.